Let's get ready to study God's Word. Greetings to one and all. Welcome to another episode of Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. This is Andrew S. Baker, and it's time for another devotional study. Please be sure to visit us at biblestudy.asbzone.com, where you can find links to our previous episodes and various Bible study resources. Let's have a word of prayer before we get into this study. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mercy, your goodness, your majesty, and your power. We ask that you will grant unto us wisdom. Please forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness and help us that we will rightly divide your words of truth today. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's study is entitled, The Beast, The Mark, the name, the number, and the image. The beast, the mark, the name, the number, and the image. It's a long title. It's a long title because we're dealing with a complex, an involved topic. Our verse for this study is Revelation 13, verse 18, which says, in the King James Version, Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred threescore and six. That's a well-known passage, or at least people know about it. It's often misquoted. It's not well understood. And unfortunately, much of the book of Revelation is misunderstood by many. Today, what we're looking to tackle is the idea of the beast. In the book of Revelation, in the Bible on a whole, a beast in prophecy represents a kingdom or a nation. The place where we see this symbol used pretty extensively in prophecy but not exclusively, would be Daniel chapters 7 and 8, and also Revelation chapters 12, 13, and 17. There are other chapters in Revelation where it's used as well, but those are the premier chapters where beasts representing nations or powers, whether political or religious, are presented. In Revelation in particular, we find that there are several beasts that are mentioned, especially in chapters 12 and 13. There's a great red dragon, there's this leopard-like beast at the beginning of chapter 13, there's a two-horned beast in the second half of chapter 13. There's a scarlet beast 
in chapter 17. But a running theme throughout Revelation 13 is that there's a title, there's, there's an entity that is referred to as the beast. Right? There's an entity referred to as the beast in many chapters. And the beast goes back to beast number one of Revelation 13. Okay? So as you read Revelation 13, you find out that there's a beast that comes up out of the sea. It executes all sorts of power. It's, it's powered by the beast of Revelation 12, the dragon. And it executes, you know, its sway on the whole earth. And then it gets wounded with a deadly wound. Another beast arises in Revelation 13. And this beast is going to heal the first beast of Revelation 13 and also operate in its presence. In fact, in what is very interesting as a scenario goes, the second beast of Revelation 13 gets power and executes all the power that the first beast had, but makes himself subservient to the first beast and operates on his behalf. Many people who read Revelation 13, when they come down to verse 18, in fact, not even verse 18, let's read the last few verses because this is where the confusion comes. We'll read from 11 through 18. We're going to look at the second beast. And I beheld another beast come up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him. That's a very interesting phrase because it's a reference to the beast that preceded him, but it's also a reference to in the presence of the beast. He exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him and causeth the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles that he had power to do in the sight of the beast. Right? So again, before him doesn't only refer to preceding, it primarily refers to in his presence. And we're not talking about a strictly political power here because we're talking about actual miracles taking place and deception by way of miracles. So there's obviously a religious connotation here. Okay, verse 14 again says, And deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. Okay, And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast. Right, Beast number two had power to give life unto the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great, 
rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. This is beast number two that's doing this work. That no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred threescore and six. So the second beast is going to do a lot of work here on behalf of the first beast. Which is interesting because he has enough power to run his own show, but he's going to choose to run the show of the first beast. Now, a normal English reading of these passages should indicate that when you use beast with no qualifier, that it's referring to the first beast that was covered in verses 2 through 10. Some people don't see it that way. So we're going to go through today's study to show that every time you see the beast without any other qualifier, it's referring to the first beast of Revelation 13 and the image of the beast, the name of the beast, the mark of the beast, the number of the name, all have reference to the first beast. The second beast is just executing the power that the first beast had and causing everybody else to essentially worship and follow the first beast. And it is the act of doing that that heals the first beast because he, he empowers him. So let's look at some verses here. In Revelation 13, 2, it says, and the beast which I saw. So you, you have that phrase, the beast. Verse 3 also says, all the world wandered after the beast. Verse 4, who is like unto the beast? Verse 14, deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. Because remember, in verse 11 it said, I beheld another beast. But the phrase the beast here has to be referencing beast number one. Verse 15. He had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak. Right? So we're looking at, again, the first beast. The image of the beast is the image of the first beast. Verse 17 ties it up that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. And they all apply to beast number one. They do not apply to beast number two, even though beast number two is doing the enforcement. But let's prove that. Let's look at some other verses. Because this continues beyond chapter 13. In Revelation 14.9, it says, and a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. Okay. Verse 11 also says, Who worship the beast and his image, 
and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Revelation 15.2 says, I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name. Okay, so we know that all of those things are associated with one creature. You might still feel like it's ambiguous whether it's beast one or beast two of Revelation 13, but there's more. 16, Revelation 16 says, And the first went, talking about the angels with the, the vials for the, last, the seven last plagues, and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped his image. Okay. Verse 10 says, And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast, and his kingdom was full of darkness. Okay. Verse 13 says, And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon. Okay, so that's the beast of Revelation 12. And out of the mouth of the beast, that's the beast, first beast of Revelation 13. And out of the mouth of the false prophet, that's the second beast of Revelation 13. That might not be obvious, but we're going to wrap it up here shortly. Revelation 19, 19 and 20 says, And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet which wrought miracles before him with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that had worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. So here, the false prophet is identified as the entity which did miracles before him. So let's go back to Revelation 13 for a moment. In Revelation 13, verse 12 well, let's do 11. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Okay? Miracles and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. Okay, so that was Revelation thirteen fourteen. Look at that verse and then look at Revelation nineteen nineteen and 20. It says, reading in the middle, And the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. So you can see in these two verses, these parallel verses, that the beast of Revelation 19 corresponds to the first beast of Revelation 13. And we can see that the false prophet of Revelation 19 
and Revelation 16 corresponds to the second beast of Revelation 13, which means that the name, the number, the mark, and the image all belong to the first beast of Revelation 13. Okay? Revelation 20 verse 10 says, And the devil that deceived them, that's the first, that's the beast of Revelation 12, was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night, forever and ever. So what we find here is the mark of the beast and the number of the beast's name, which is also the number of a man. That's, that's how we can identify it, right? Because the beast is a system, an entity, a, a kingdom, a power. But it has a number, and that number belongs to a man. Or possibly many men in succession. All of these belong to the first beast of Revelation 13. Revelation 13 verse 14 makes it clear that the image that is created is the image of the beast that was wounded and healed, which is the first beast. Revelation 13 17 makes it clear that the mark, the name, and the number are all associated with the same beast. Same with Revelation 14 11, 15 2, 16 3, 19, 19 and 20, 20 verse 4, and 20 verse 10. And as we've already pointed out, the false prophet is equivalent to the second beast of Revelation 13. So as you look through the Bible, basically from Revelation 13 onward, whenever you see the term the beast with no other qualifier, it is referencing the first beast of Revelation 13. Okay, so what that tells us in Revelation 13 is that a beast, a power, an entity rises up from the sea, creates a, a great deal of havoc for a considerable amount of time, right? Makes war with the saints and overcomes them, and then at some point is wounded. At some point is wounded. And then another beast arises in the dragon family because even though it has horns like a lamb, it speaks like a dragon. So it's in the dragon family and it arises and it begins to utilize the same kind of power that the first beast had and leverages that power to get everyone else to follow the first beast, even to the point of using miracles to deceive people into agreeing. And then it sets up an image to the first beast, right? Not just from a reverence standpoint, but a, a copy of how the first beast operates. It sets up a copy of how the first beast operates. And then the first beast is worshipped by the whole world under the authority of the second beast. And they all obtain his mark, and they all follow him, and obey him, and worship him, because of the enforcement of the second beast 
who is also the false prophet. When you study Revelation 13, understand that the symbols used here are not used in isolation. They are used throughout the rest of the book of Revelation. And a correct understanding of those symbols will allow you to properly interpret the activities that Revelation chapter 13 is warning us about. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred threescore and six. As you read Revelation 13, pay close attention. It is beast number two that will cause, right, put laws into effect and enforce them, that will cause all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark, the mark of beast number one. Right? It is the false prophet that will get everyone to go along with the beast. So it's important to track the decisions and movements of the false prophet. A lot of times people spend a great deal of time tracking the movements of the beast. But it is the false prophet that's going to re-energize the beast. It's the false prophet that's going to do deception in front of the whole world in the presence of the beast. It's the beast that everything is about. It's the beast mark, it's the beast number, it's the beast name. But it is the false prophet that gets things going. Please bear that in mind as you read these passages. Let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your wisdom. We thank you for helping us. We need to be able to see clearly who is playing what role in these end-time events. Help us to rightly understand this and help us to keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, so that we will be appropriately prepared for all of the things which will soon come upon the whole world. Bless us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. You can reach us via email at biblequestions at asbzone.com. We look forward to hearing from you, whether you have questions, comments, suggestions, or concerns. We also recommend that you check out the True Wisdom podcasts, in which my brother and I study God's Word in a discussion format. Both of these podcasts can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you normally obtain your podcasts. Please, please, please keep these ministries in your prayers. Until we meet again next time, may God richly bless you as you prayerfully study and share His Holy Word. Thank you.